What about now? Okay, we're here. All righty. So, so you can make the attempt to find life in a thing, and, 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 and you will find yourself disappointed every time. You can even make the attempt to, to try and find life through another person, and again, you will find yourself disappointed. Those things will never give you true life. It will never give you true life. Life is found in one person and one person only. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35, it says, For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. And so what does this tell us? This tells us that there really is no life outside of Christ and his word. There is no life outside of Christ. When we try to find life in the wrong thing, we we actually end up wasting our life. There are people all over the world, all over the world, even right now, trying to, quote unquote, live, but really aren't living at all. One of the most popular phrases of 2022, I know you guys have heard it is, is live your best life. I'm I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. So in other words, people try to do whatever feels good to them so that they think they are living but they're just deceiving themselves. They're just deceiving themselves because our best life, our best life, our only life is found in Jesus Christ. And so people will try to to preserve their life. They'll, They'll try to find their status in this world because that's when they believe they're really living, but they couldn't be more wrong. They couldn't be more wrong. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it says, for whosoever will save his life, in other words, trying to do whatever they can to hold on to what they think life is, whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, this is Jesus talking, whosoever will lose his life for the sake of Jesus Christ, that's when you'll find it. That's when you will find life. If you're trying to find your life in something other than Christ, you'll end up losing your life. And I'm speaking from experience on that, y'all. I'm speaking from experience. I've tried to find my life in any and everything other than Christ. I tried to find it in, in, in status. I tried to find it in money. I tried to find it in, 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 in girls. I tried to find it in power, and I lost it. I lost it, wasted so much. But, but the person who loses their life in Christ will end up finding their life. True life is only found in Christ. And so your first blank is since Christ created all things, he has to be the fountain from which life comes from. Since he created everything, he is where we find life. It is in him we live and move and have our being. This is why Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 4 is huge. When Christ, who is our life? Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And for, so, so for a Christian, our life on this earth is hid in Christ. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. And we really need to pay attention to that. 
we need to pay attention to this statement because one of the most common things that the older generation says or, or regrets is time wasted on meaningless things. They see their life in Christ now and all it provides for them, and they're saddened at all the time that they wasted. All the time they wasted. You guys are at an extreme advantage, man. Giving your life to Christ right now, living for the things of Christ, allowing Christ to totally dominate your life, it's only for your good. It's only for your betterment. You guys don't have to wait till you're 40, 45, 50. Do it while you're 18. Do it while you're 15, 12, 13. Way more advantaged. Our focus, so, so, so Paul says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of knowledge of the knowledge of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So, so dung is one of those, those, those old English words, and, and dung means what you think it means. And that's what Paul is saying. He, our focus should be on Christ and Christ alone, all the ways you think you're living now, all the ways I thought I was living then, it wasn't in Christ. And so now I'm looking back 10, 20 years ago, and I consider that life to be dumb. That life is dumb. It's trash. It was all just a waste. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. He, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so when it comes to spiritual life, when it comes to physical life, when it comes to eternal life or resurrection life, it is all found in Christ. It's all found in Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. First John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, it says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And so the Bible is not a difficult book to understand. It's not a difficult book to understand at all. We make it difficult by not believing every word it says. It's very, very simple. If you have the son, you have life. If you don't have the son, you don't have life. But notice the process or, or, or the transfer of life. Life, life goes from, from God the Father to, to God the Son and then to us. John chapter 5, verse 26, it says, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. So life starts with the eternal Father, and he gives that life to his Son, Jesus Christ, and then his Son, Jesus Christ, gives eternal life to us. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so when you, if you ever read the, the, the Gospel of John, life is talked about all throughout this Gospel. He is, he is continuously stressing life. Matter of fact, he uses the word life over 30 times. So, so it's clear he's trying to communicate something. And so when we look at all the things necessary for human life, I think we all can agree on four things. We can all agree on these four connections. First, no one can live without air. We all agree with that. No one can live without water. We all agree with that. No one can live without food. 
and no one can live without light. We all agree with that, right? No one can live without air, water, food, or light. We all need that. No one can survive without these things, and guess what? Jesus is the one who provides every single one of them for us. Jesus is the one who has given us the breath of life. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So, so this is the physical life that we're all given, and it comes from the breath that God breathed into us. But it's by his breath that we also have spiritual life. Look at John chapter 20, verse 22. It said, and when he has said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So, so we need breath to live, and Jesus gives us the breath of life, but he also gives us the water of life. In John chapter 4, verses 10, and then jumping down to verse 14, it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Living water. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. John chapter 7, verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this is what we do, right? This is what we do. We, 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 we try to quench our thirst using any and everything but Jesus. But Jesus is the only one capable of quenching our thirst. When I was younger, whenever I would get, I would get super, super thirsty after coming from playing outside. The last thing I wanted to drink, the last thing I wanted to drink was the one and only thing that would quench my thirst. For some odd reason, whenever I was extremely thirsty, I never wanted to drink water. Uh, get me some, some fruit punch or some lemonade or some pop, some Sprite, whatever. But, but what I learned was that just, that just made me more thirsty. Water was the only thing that could quench my thirst. And so the same thing applies here spiritually because we will look for anything other than the only one who's able to quench our thirst. Our spiritual thirst. And so your next blank is the wrong things we seek out to try and satisfy us end up leaving us more thirsty. They end up leaving us more thirsty because they're not the things that will quench our thirst. They're not the things that will satisfy us. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. And so we run to people and places and things that can hold no water while rejecting the fountain of living water. And this can be said of believers and unbelievers. Unbelievers reject the living water, and there are believers all over the world who are still trying to quench their thirst outside of the living water, only to find their cups empty. Jesus is the only one who can make your cup run over. Jesus gives us the, the breath of physical and spiritual life. He provides us with the water of life, and he's also the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
he that cometh to me shall never th hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And so I honestly don't know how much clearer Jesus has to be. How much clearer does he have to be? There is no confusion or mystery in this. John 6, 51, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So, so Jesus is the breath of life. He's the water of life. He's the bread of life. And he is lastly the light of life. And that's what I want to look at with you this morning from the subject of shine your light. He's the light of life. John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, in him, talking about Jesus. So in him, we've already established, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Okay, so, so just like Jesus is the physical and spiritual embodiment of breath, water, and bread, he's the same when it comes to light. He, he is the sun. Look at Psalm chapter 84, verse 11. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. So, so if the sun went out, let's just say right now the sun went out, everything would die and we will be in constant nighttime. Constant nighttime. Hold on to that statement because we'll come back to it. But, but the coming of Jesus Christ into the world changed everything for us. And so you would think that sinners would, would gladly welcome the light. But that wasn't the case then, and do understand it's not the case now. It's not the case now. Sinners are not welcoming the light. They're rejecting the light. The coming of the true light was a threat to the powers of darkness, and so they fought against it. John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And so your next blank is that since people refuse to understand what the Lord is saying or trying to do in their life, as a result, they will naturally oppose him. They refuse to understand what the Lord is saying to them. There could be, there could be some people in this room right now who the Lord is tugging on your heart and you refuse to allow him to have full control over your soul. And so what's happening is that you are naturally opposing him. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. See, here's what's happening to maybe some of you in the room. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, shall shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you are sitting in this room as an unbeliever, understand that verse is for you. That's why you're here. What, what, what has been happening for you is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been trying to shine in your heart, but you've got to let it in. You've got to let that light in. Understand, Satan's goal is to keep as many people in the darkness as he can. Because staying in darkness with him means more people will be with him in hell. 
We talked about that on Wednesday. Satan knows living in light means life. And if people have spiritual life, instead of them going to hell, they'll go to heaven. Jesus came into this world. This is what he came into this world saying. Look at John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus came into this world making no bones about it. Listen, I am the light of the world. These are Jesus' words. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so in Jesus is life, and that life is the light of men. And so this means that God is the light of men. And think about how powerful that is. I mean, even if we were to turn the lights off in this place right now, all the lights go off. And, and just the tiniest midget of light. Somebody had a cell phone flashlight. All the lights are off, but if the, the, the tiniest midget would pierce the darkness, everyone would be able to see that light. And so here are your next two blanks, because this is crazy. Physically, darkness understands light and submits to it. But spiritually, darkness does not understand light and refuses to submit to it. Physically, like I said, if we turned all the lights off in this room and somebody shined their cell phone light, everybody in the room would be able to see that, physically. But spiritually, you can hear the gospel be presented to you time after time. I'm sure it's been said at least 10 times over the past three days. You can hear that, yet spiritually, you can refuse to submit to that. There should be no doubt in our mind that God is light. God is light. First John chapter one, verse five, it says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so we know that Jesus Christ is God, which confirms what John said here in First John. I'm sorry, in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 9, John says that he was the true light. And notice the capitalization there. He was the true capital L light. So we're just not talking about any ordinary light. We're not talking about any ordinary light. Jesus Christ was the true light. But walk with me as, as, we, as we look at how things went down and, and, and get this. I'm almost done, I promise. But while Jesus was on the earth, while he was on the earth, he was the light of the world, as we have seen. So you can imagine, while Jesus was on the earth, he was urging people to follow him. Follow me. Believe in me. Believe in me while the light is here. And so Jesus could talk this way because he knew what was on the horizon for him. He knew what was about to happen to him in the near future. You see, the disciples didn't fully know, but he did. So he's like, listen, y'all, while you have the light, believe in the light so you can be children of light. This is why he says in John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus is like, listen, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day because the night's coming. The, the night cometh when no man can work. While Jesus was on the earth, it was day because he was the light of the world. But after his death, burial and resurrection, something happened. Something happened. The light of the world left the world right before the eyes of the disciples. Check out, chap uh, check out Acts chapter one, verses six through nine. 
It says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he has spoken these things, check it out, while they beheld, he, Jesus Christ, was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Snap. The lights went out. The lights went out, y'all. The light of the world is gone. He clearly says in John chapter 9, verse 5, as long as I am in the world, this is Jesus talking. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So if the light of the world has left, then there is no more light in the world. We live currently in a dark world, and please believe it's only going to get darker. Biblically, we are living in the nighttime, but there's going to come a day when the bright and morning star is going to come back to this planet, and he's going to put everything in order. But before this happens, there, there came a day, there came a day in the life of every believer in this room where the gospel of Jesus Christ literally turned our worlds upside down. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six, it says, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the gospel was given to us. We believed and our lives have never been the same. The God who said, let there be light and there was light in Genesis spoke that over our lives. First Peter chapter two, verse nine, it says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Psalm 36, verse 9, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. So guess what? The light of Christ is now in us. The light of Christ is now in us. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness. That's what you were before Christ. That's where you were when you were a sinner and you were lost. You were sometimes darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. Because Paul says, Since you are now light in the Lord, walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. In other words, here's your next blank. If you have the light of Christ inside of you, live like you have the light of Christ inside of you. Shine your light. Shine your light. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, it says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. But notice, we are, to shine, we are to shine as lights. Again, we saw there's only one true light. And so we shine in this world when we are reflecting his light. Believers in Christ can be compared to the moon. We all know, we all know what the moon is. If you don't know, the, the moon is actually a dead rock. 
The moon is just a dead rock, and it reflects the light of the sun so that it's able to shine in the nighttime. That's what the moon is. It only reflects the light of the sun. That's who we are. The moon has no light of its own. It can only reflect the light of the sun. And so your next blank is believers were once spiritually dead humans that are made alive by the spirit of God, which gives us the ability to reflect the light of the son of God, enabling us to shine in the biblical nighttime that we currently are living in. This is why Paul says in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Why? Why? So that we can shine his light. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, we are the sons. You are the sons and daughters of light. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. So we have the light of Christ. But if we're not going to shine his light, then what is the point of us being here? What's the point of us being here? God might as well take us to heaven. You see, sometimes God will strategically place us in dark situations so that we can shine our light in such a way that he gets the glory out of that situation. I guess the reality is while we're living in this world, we're always in dark situations, which means we should always be shining our lights. There, 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 there was something to that old song we learned as children, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Y'all know about that song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Let, let your light shine on this earth so that people see you and glorify God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, Jesus says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's the reason we want to shine our light. Your next blank, if we aren't shining our light on this earth, we are wasting time and space. If we're not shining our light on this earth, we're just wasting time and space. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So our light should be shining more and more as the days roll on. We, we have all, I'm sure, experienced power outages, right? We've all been through power outages. Back in the day, I can remember when the lights would go off in, in my house. It was actually some of the most fun times for me because I would just go around running, doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing in the house, and I, I certainly wouldn't do it if the lights were on. So I equated power outages to party time. That, that was my time to have fun. But, but what my dad would do was fill his way around until he got to the cabinet that held the flashlight, right? And so once he got the flashlight, now he was able to find where the candles were so he could light them and place a candle in each of our rooms. Now, what would be the point in going through all that trouble to get the flashlight, find the candles, light the candles, and then put them under a bed? 
that would make absolutely no sense, right? No sense at all. So in our case, what would be the point in Jesus spending 33 and a half years on this earth, dying, being buried, rising again, ascending to heaven, leaving his spirit with us, placing his spirit in us so that we could be a reflection of him in this dark world and we're hiding under a bed. What's the point? We're, we're either hiding under a bed or the light in us is so dim that it is of no effect because our lives are full of darkness. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, he says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You can't shine your light amongst people who don't even know you have the light. You can't shine your light amongst people whom you're participating in the same darkness with. You see, John the Baptist, he was sent as a witness to Jesus Christ. He was sent to tell people that the light, capital L, had truly come into the world. John chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, he said, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And so think about it. When the sun is shining and all its beauty is shining right now outside, who are the people that are unconscious of the fact that the sun is shining? Who, who are the ones that need to be told the sun is shining? It's those that are blind. It's those that are blind. If you're blind, you can't see that the sun is shining, right? So, so John came on the scene with the responsibility to bear witness of the light. It, it was a sad situation that Christ was right in their midst, and the people didn't even know it. There were and are and will be many people who are in hell right now in the future. And they will say the same words of Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Understand the Lord is in this place. But the question is, do you know it? Do you know it? The true light was on the earth then. The spirit of the light is moving on the earth now, and the gift of salvation is being offered to everyone. And the mere fact that men need to be told that the light was in their midst shows where they were then and where we are now as a people. It shows how fallen man really is. But to add on top of that, the fact that people reject the light, that is the epitome of depravity. The, the light is shining in the darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. And so at the time in our text, God sent John the Baptist to bear witness of the light. He was not going to let his son come to this earth and not be recognized. John the Baptist came to be a forerunner or to introduce the people to Christ. And so even Jesus says in John 5, 33, he says, He sent unto John, and John bear witness unto the truth. John was talking about me. He was confident in what he knew. There was no doubt in his mind that Jesus Christ was the light of the world. John chapter 1, verse 32 through 34, it says, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. 
But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. This is who John the Baptist was. He wasn't dealing with speculation. He wasn't dealing with his own opinions. He was testifying what he knew to be the truth. And so the aim of any Christian in this room, the aim that we should have is to get the focus off of us and put it on Jesus Christ. We don't need to be testifying about ourselves. Point that person to Christ. Multiple times, John had to tell the people, yo, I'm not the guy. I'm not the light. I'm not him. I'm the one who's pointing you to the light. John chapter 3, verse 38, he's like, listen, y'all, you yourselves bear me witness. Y'all heard me say, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. And so our focus, our focus is to preach Christ and him crucified. If you preach Christ, that is the message the Holy Spirit will use because that's what the Holy Spirit does. People become believers through the testimony of God's witness. We aren't the light. We aren't the light. We are only the reflection of the true light. We are here to bear witness to the true light. Apart from God, there is no light. Everything is darkness. So if you don't have Christ inside of you right now, You have no light. You have no light. And so if that's you this morning, ask the light, the true light, to come into your life. But if you are a believer, if you are a believer, shine your light throughout this world. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. I don't care where you are, sports team, school. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Shine your light. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And because all power is given unto him, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, and this is the part we can sometimes forget, I'm with you always. Jesus is with us. He's with y'all. Even until the end of the world, amen. And so as we are navigating our way through this world, it's a day-by-day process. As we're navigating our way through this world, remember the light is inside of us wherever we go. We have the light. And the light is Jesus Christ. Whenever we are attempting to share our faith, remember the light is with us. Whenever we feel inadequate, remember the light is with us. So what are we to do? Shine your light so that people can see you, so that people can look at you and glorify him. The, the, the story of the Samaritan woman in John 4, she, she received the word of God. Y'all have been receiving the word of God all week. But the woman went and told others what she heard, and then they came to receive the word for themselves. They came to hear Jesus for themselves. You guys have heard the word. Man, go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Shine your light. Your last blank is is we activate the light inside of us through the light of the word of God. That's how we activate the light inside of us. It's in us, but we activate it through his word. 
Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. The word of God, the Bible. It's a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. So take that little light inside of you and for the rest of your life, let this be the day that you put a foot in the sand. And for the rest of your life, you have decided that you're going to let your light shine. So let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for being the one to give us the light. Thank you for being our light. And God, thank you even for giving us the opportunity to reflect your light. God, I'm praying for, for, for every person in this room. Every person in this room. God, I, I'm asking that you give us the courage to shine our light. Give us the courage to be children of light, to walk as children of light, to live as children of light. To not be ashamed of who we are in Christ. Not be ashamed that we are a Christian. Not be ashamed to say we love God. Not be ashamed to say no to some things in this world. And to not be ashamed to say yes to you. Even for those who are not saved, God, help us to say, help them to say yes to you. Help them to say yes to you. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.